morning, church. Good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing out there? Quiet, blessed, yes. good, good. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we've been here. Yeah. Um, you know, God's been doing things and moving us around the country here and there just for, for things. But it's good to be back. Um, I can honestly say I've missed so much being here. Yeah. There is nothing to replace <laughs> being with the body of Christ, worshiping him together. Um, I will also say that, boy, sometimes God just, he's with you when you're not with your people. You know, like he has been with us and he's been talking to us and growing us and um, helping us and showing us things. So sometimes when you get pulled out of your normal routine, which our normal routine is Sunday mornings, we're always here. Sometimes he's doing, well, I think all the time he's working and he's doing these awesome things. So praise God. I'm excited to worship this morning. Excited to uh, give him all the praise. Amen. Uh, Stand with me, church. So I'll share a little bit about my story of, you know, the past couple weeks and my, our conference, the trip that I went on. But I can tell you this, there was one thing, I mean, I've missed a lot of things when I was gone. I missed my family, of course, Liz and the kids. But I realized what I missed, one of the most important things was worship. And there was just because of, the, there was no worship at the conference, and so we weren't doing actual worship in any way, shape, or form. And I got back, it was a crazy trip. I was exhausted, and it was Friday morning. This was just two days ago. And somebody sent me a song on Spotify. And it was Anything is Possible, I think was the name of the song. And I, and I played it, and I just started weeping and worshiping. And it was like all of the stress of the trip and all of the stress, it just began to melt away. And I just put on song after song and just worshiped and worshiped and worshiped. And it was like, it was so refreshing for my soul. I literally, at the end of that 20 minutes, whatever it was, I just felt so uplifted. And so I'm so looking forward to worship this morning. I'm so looking forward to just entering into his presence, his peace, his joy, his refreshing, his goodness, just flooding this place and flooding each one of us. And I'll tell you what, I have probably not been more excited to worship in a long time. So bear with me because I'm going to be worshiping this morning up here. And I hope you join with me in worshiping with the angels in heaven this morning. Our call to worship is out of Revelation 15. It says this, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For the nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. So Lord, we come before you and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we thank you for your refreshing presence. We come before you today with open arms, open hearts, to have your way in this place. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Let's worship him this morning.
we magnify Jesus in this place. We lift him up and we enthrone him high above everything, everything else. We enthrone him and we magnify him. He is higher. He is greater. He is worthy of our praise. We magnify his name. the Lord said something to me. He said, tu tembien. Irma. He said, tu tembien. That's what he said. Tu tembien. No excluido. Is that right? No excluido. Incluido. Is that right? That's what he said. Tu tembien. No excluido. You are not excluded. You are included. You too everyone else except me, you too, to Tambien, says the Lord. We're going to take communion together. Communion is uh, the believer's celebration of Jesus. It's partaking of his body and his blood. Uh, it is a sacrament, meaning that when you partake of the bread and when you partake of the juice, you're not just having a Jesus snack. Something supernatural happens. The heavens open. I've said this before, you know, on June 4th, 1999, a boy and a girl went to a church and we dressed real nice and we said these nice words. But more than that happened because marriage is a sacrament. Something supernatural happens. Something that cannot be undone happens. So today as you come to the table and you... Uh, take the elements, you're going to circle, you're going to come straight at the table, and you're going to circle around to your seats. You're going to hold on to those elements, and we're going to partake of them together. When we do that in unity, we're going to do that in unity as a body of believers, something supernatural happens. Something beyond ourselves that once done cannot be undone. But the measure, the measure, the depth to which you will receive Jesus is the
release you. You may come down the aisle and uh, get your elements. Hold on to them. We're going to, Pastor Jason's going to come up and we're going to partake of uh, communion together. Pastor Liz was sharing about grace and peace. Before she even said it, I was down there and I just had this sense. There are people here this morning battling fear and anxiety. And the Lord wants you to know today that as you partake of this divine impartation of grace, you have to understand what he has done for you his body broken, his blood shed for the forgiveness of sins and for the healing of your body, for the healing of your emotions. And many times we don't see it instantaneously, but the Lord wants you to know today, grace and peace is yours. Grace and peace is yours. And as you're battling that fear and anxiety, remember day in and day out, what Jesus has done for you, and that grace and peace is yours. And I've asked the worship team that before we take communion that we just sing that chorus one more time. Oh, praise the name. And as we sing it, I just want us to reflect on the grace and peace that is ours through him and his sacrifice that he has made. I see, I can see some of you like first thing in the morning it's already there condemnation anxiety depression it's already there when you open your eyes in the morning but I can see you and this he wants you sit up in bed and just say it out loud grace and peace are mine in the name of Jesus and then be you let him be him and you be you grace and peace are yours not if you woke up on time not if you studied your bible the day before not if you didn't say any bad words in that fight that you had with your husband the night before 
lay down all of the religious striving to purify yourself, to make yourself feel better. Because feeling better isn't the goal. Grace and peace is the goal. He is the goal, and you will feel better. But I saw some of you sitting up in bed, and just do it. Sit up. You, you feel the condemnation. You feel the depression. You feel the anxiety. And you sit up in bed and you say, grace and peace yes. are mine in the name of Jesus. Yes. Because of Jesus, yes. they're mine. It honestly has nothing to do with you except that you speak it. That you take hold of it. That you're part. Yeah. And I could see it. Do it, church. Do it. Let's start receiving him. Let's start receiving Jesus every day, laying down all religious striving. Praise you, Lord. Father, we just praise you this morning. We thank you for the grace and peace that is available in you and through you and because of the sacrifice you made. No greater love than to lay down one's life. Your body broken, your blood shed. For me, for all of us, we thank you for it. And we receive it today. We receive all that it means, all that it stands for. The divine impartation, we receive it all this morning. Lord, we thank you for the grace and peace that is in you. Bible said, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes let us partake lord we thank you lord we thank you lord we thank you we give you praise and honor and glory worship you this morning in your precious name church stand with me we're going to continue to worship i would encourage you if that word was for you if you are battling that and you are saying grace and peace is mine in jesus name and you're saying i'm committing to sit up in bed and to say those words each and every day i want you to come up front during this song no one's going to bother you. We're not going to pray for you today, but we'll pray for you from back here. But, we'll, you know, we're all just going to worship him. But if that's you this morning, take a step of faith and walk forward to the altar and just worship him and say, I receive your grace and peace today in Jesus' name. Yeah, watch what he does. Let's worship
take away something from him, something that is troublesome, something that's interfering, possibly with his grace and his peace. And it says in verse 8, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say, Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weakness, in reproach, in need, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Apostle Paul had to plead. He was on his third time, what, coming before the altar. And we've talked about this. I've talked about this a lot of times. Jesus is, he walks with us. Jesus isn't magic. That's what I tell my Jesus isn't magic. He's not your genie in the bottle. He loves you. And he wants you. He doesn't want some version of you that you think is better. He wants you just as you are. Him up. 
And when we worship, we weep. We're weepers. And I feel like there's healing in tears. Don't hold them back. Sometimes I hold them back because I don't want my makeup to get messed up. (laughs) Most of the time I think, well, I'd rather be healed and whole. I'd rather this, whatever this is, I don't need to name it. I don't need to know it. It just needs to come out. This grief, this sadness, this disappointment, this anger, whatever it is, this love. Lord told me once, girl, you love with your tears. And that's true. Sometimes I just love them so much. I just am weeping. But it's always in worship. Because when we worship, his position is clear. There's no confusion. Grace and peace are ours, are yours in the name of Jesus. And in our weakness, he is made strong. Do you know it's the unique characteristics, the unique quality of Christianity? Every other religion that the world has to offer includes some sort of path of performance. You need to do these things. There's rules. Jesus doesn't give you the 12 steps to love, to forgiveness. There's just one. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Believe it's 100% Jesus, his death, his suffering for you, for your sins. Believe that he did that for you. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit was raised again on the third day, conquering death that we might live in victory, that we might believe in him, believe in the Lord Jesus. And for all y'all Christians of 5, 10, 15, 20 years, Believing in the Lord Jesus is a process of growing in trust and surrender. We grow in it. Every single one of us sitting in this place has an area that we still are working on surrendering to Jesus. We don't get done till we see him face to face. So don't ever look up here and think, oh, well, they just have it all. Christian you see is the real life in Jesus is real in our weakness he is made strong Father we just thank you for this time in your presence we thank you for your grace and your peace available to us and Jesus we just invite you in every situation, every circumstance, every relationship, every fear, every concern, we invite you in. We take our hands off of it and we hand it to you. You do what you do because your grace is sufficient. And we thank you for it in your precious name we pray.
welcome to the service. Welcome to this body of believers. We're thankful that you are here with us. On the back of the seats is a connection card. If this is your first time, that's the place to say, hey, I was here. I remember writing that all over my notebook. Liz was here all over my stuff when I was like in middle school. Um, you can write on that connection card. Your email will just send you one email. Rahina! Numero uno. Every time. Joyfully. Awesome. Um, that's We'll send you an email uh, of greeting. That's pretty much what we do. We just enter it. Max, awesome. Uh, <laughs> we'll send you an email. Oh, I'm going to get through this, right? That connection card, you can bring it up and put it in the offering bucket. That's how we get it. Prayer requests, praise reports. We will pray for you. If you put it on that card, we will pray. We will stand in agreement with you for what you are facing. Um, Kid Corner. If you are a guest, I have bags for your kids uh, to little things for them to do during the sermon. Uh, but we also have nursery. Nursery is open for babies zero to three. We have littles ministry. That's ages four, five, and six. So that's what we have. Let's greet one another, do our business, and then we'll meet back here and we'll get into the word. Right, friends. Let's go, Ackerman. Get back to your seat. What? <laughs> it is reversed. <laughs> All right, I have some announcements for you. Uh, first on the list is AV help is needed. Guys, do I have a, I have a slide? Um, so we need some help back in the AV booth. All right, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, Shelly, I'm looking at you. <laughs> no, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. The visitors, the ones who love to just go and chat and me, I appreciate you because that's not me. I send him out, like, go, and he loves it. So God's created us all differently. So I love it. All right. So AV help is needed. Listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. I want Sydney Moore, our worship pastor right here. I want her here leading me in worship and not back there doing all the technical button things. So we only have four people who are qualified to do the technical button things. And She's one of them. So I really would like, Aunt, Pastor Andy's the other one, and I love when he's right over here leading us in worship. So if you have any kind of desire to learn how to do sound, um, I don't know what that means, but I know that they'll teach you. Uh, they won't just throw you in there. Um, they won't just throw you in there. They will train you. They will teach you, and then you will have a skill, a skill that can be used for the kingdom. Um, in a way that's serving. And what I love about this is you can serve in a way that releases other people to, to step into what they're called to do. So I love that. So if you are interested in any way to help out with the soundboard um, and running sound, that would be awesome. Contact Sydney. Right there's her email. Sydney at ecfchurch.org. Um, next, uh, summer nights. So summer nights is something we do every Friday during the summer. And we have food, and we're up at the Rose Center, and it's like a big picnic, and it's a great time. But listen to my voice this morning, church. 
we are not having summer nights this Friday. We are taking a mid-summer break. Okay, we've done it every Friday starting in June, and we're going to pick it up again in August. But at the end of July, the softball team has their playoffs, and they were yesterday all day long. At the ball field at 8.30 a.m., home at 9 p.m., um, so it was a lot, and a lot of our congregation are part of that, families and stuff. So um, we like to take a midsummer break right around this time. So no summer nights this Friday. If a bunch of you show up, I don't know, you can hoof it over to Chipotle and, and go out to dinner together, and that could be great. So, um, but if you show up, I will not be there with a smile on serving yummy food. So, um, that's just for this, just for this Friday, the following Friday, we'll pick it up again. And we have three more. Um, that's our plan is for three more summer nights events in August. Uh, so no summer nights this Friday, uh, life groups. Um, let's talk about young adults. They meet, uh, 6 PM on Tuesday, uh, and they meet here in big church, but in the family room. If you've never seen the family room, it's a sweet little space across the lobby where the bookstore used to be. Um, it's a room where kids can play and parents can hang and listen to the service. Uh, so Sydney, Sydney's like the star of our service today. Well, Jesus is the star of our service and Sydney is his little helper. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh my gosh. Uh, Sydney's the leader of the young adults group. Uh, second and fourth Tuesdays, 6 to 8 p.m. in the family room, ages 18 to 28. If you are 28 and six months old, they will ask you to leave. Okay, that's not true. Um, Death to Life baptism t-shirts. There is a sign-up sheet and a t-shirt on the back table there. We had a baptism service. It was fantastic. Is that Roberto, Jason, in that picture? Is that Roberto? Awesome. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Baptisms are a big deal for Jesus. Uh, They're a big deal for us. We celebrate. I love them. But we have death to life t-shirts. If you've been baptized as an adult, made that decision to publicly move from death to life and uh, done that as an adult, man, get a t-shirt. It's back there. They're $15. You can sign up. You can make a check to ECF. But this is the last day. No, last day to sign up is next Sunday. So the end of July, we're going to take the sign-up sheet. We're going to make the order. So if you want a T-shirt, now's the time. Last, last one, last announcement is that Bible reading bookmarks are also on that back table. So if you're reading along with us, uh, the August bookmark is back there. If you haven't been reading along with us, you can start in August. That's why I love the bookmarks. If you've read half a month and you're kind of like, oh, I didn't keep up with this, a new one will come and you can just start over again. So go ahead and uh, grab your bookmark. Okay, you can you can head on up here to spell me. Um, unplanned announcement is on fifth Sundays. Next week is a fifth Sunday, and normally we don't have people to work in the nursery, and this time we do. We have mm-hmm. people working in the nursery, so there will be nursery on the fifth Sunday. That's it. That's it. That's good. Did you call me out while I was walking around and I didn't really hear it? Yeah, I said, let's go okay, back in. All right. She's on me. Up. She's keeping me in check. I usually do that to her, right? <laughs> right. Okay, guys, we're going to continue to honor the Lord with our tithes and our offerings. I just have a scripture for us this morning. Uh, just a quick softball update. 
Our season has ended last night. Uh, we did lose a game last night, so we were out of the playoffs. Uh, but we had a wonderful time. Wonder- our improvement year over year was amazing. So I just thank you all, families, guys who played, but really the families and the ladies who made all the coordination, get all the kids there and to feed them and to do all that. So uh, it was just a great time. Looking forward to next year. We've got some off-season workout plans already lined up and ready to go, so it's all good. But guys, this has been a summer of miracles. This has been a summer of miracles. Come on, how many have seen God work in some way, shape, or form this summer in your life? Come on. I got double hands up, double, even this morning. It's like I was here and about here, and as of this morning, I'm just going up a little bit more. God is just moving and working, and I'm so excited what he's doing in our lives, in our personal lives, in our family's life, in all of our lives. I just, I want to thank him for that. God is so good. He is so amazing, not just in our finances, but in every area of our life. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 3, 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. We thank you, Lord, for these tithes and offerings. We thank you, Lord, that this has been a summer of miracles, that you are moving and working in every area of our life. Lord, and we trust you. Lord, we trust you with everything, with everyone. And Lord, as we... Hear your word this morning, Lord, that you would just open our ears and our eyes to know you more. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, we're in this series called The Attributes of God. Uh, We've been doing this for a couple months now. And if you were here the past two weeks, Pastor Andy did an amazing job on God as a consuming fire. Amen? So I got to listen to one of his two messages. I'm a little behind on things, but the first one was amazing, and I'm looking forward to listening to the one from last week. I know what he had told me, it was, you know, it was a tough message, uh, you know, it was a challenging message for all of us uh, in God being a consuming fire, which I appreciate that. I give him all the hard messages to give, and then I do all the easier ones. So I get all the amens, and then when he's preaching, you've got to be like, oh, Lord. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Lord led him in that. It wasn't me. Yes, amen. Okay. The Lord leads everyone who, everyone who preaches up here. We allow the Lord to lead what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. So uh, just a quick overview we've done. This is attribute to, this morning is going to be attribute 15. Oof. The Lord did tell me what the next series will be. I'm not going to share that with you just yet. I'm uh, just letting it stir and marinate a little bit in my heart. So, but a new series will be coming up probably within the next couple of weeks. But here's what we've already done so far. God is infinite. God is immutable. God is love. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. God is merciful. <clears throat> God is gracious. God is jealous. God is just. God is holy. God is protective. God is patient. God is a consuming fire. And this morning we're going to talk about God is omniscient or all-knowing. And the beautiful thing about all these attributes is they all work in tandem. They all work together. They're all working all the time. And so you can't just take one and say, well, God is just, and remove it from God is good and say, well, he's just just right now. He's not being good. No, he is all things all the time. All of these attributes of God is who he is. He doesn't change. 
He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So all these attributes, are they're, they're all Him, and they're all the time. And the reason why we believe that they're important for you to understand them and to know them is that how many of you are facing any type of situation at all that might be challenging right now? Come on, right? We have these challenging situations, and we a lot of times the world will feed us information about God, or we'll have these preconceived notions of who God is, and a lot of times they're wrong, or they're off, but when we truly get to know who God is, and understand how He operates, the situation in which we're in, the circumstance or challenge that we're facing, we see it with a whole new lens, because we see God working through something even when it's a challenge. Because a lot of times in my previous, I don't know how long ago this would have been, but as I'm growing with God, I'm learning these things like I would stub my toe, something simple. And it was just like, God, I can't believe this is happening. I was like, really? You know what I mean? Like I step on a Lego. Oh, oh, woe is me. Why, Lord, did you give me all these children? I mean, come on, the children are a blessing from the Lord, right? You know, you're getting waking up in the middle of the night by a crying baby. You're like, oh, Lord, I can't believe. Like, so we, if we would begin to understand, that's just our flesh talking, right? That's just our mind, and it's, it's just our flesh. When we truly begin to understand who God is and how he operates, we see not just silly ones like stubbing our toe, but we see challenging things in a different way. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my week uh, that I was away uh, in South Dakota, and some challenging things that I faced, like every single day, and even on the trip home, and how seeing all of this through who God really is helped me to navigate this entire week. Usually when we talk about that God is omnipotent, all-knowing, there's two other words that go along with it. We're not going to look at those today, but they're omnipresent, which means God is everywhere, and that he's also omniscient, and omnipotent is which is he's all-powerful. But I want to talk about this morning about God is omniscient. So the definition of this is this. It is that knowing everything or possessing all of the knowledge that there is. God possesses all, capital A-L-L, not the laundry detergent. They even still make that? Wow, that was really random. Okay, sorry. Now everyone's thinking about, oh my gosh, my laundry's behind. I forgot to do this. I left, right, I left the wash in the washer all night. Now I got to rewash. Okay, forget all that. Put all that aside. Focus back here with me. Eyes up here, focus back. Okay. Definition of omniscient, knowing everything or possessing all of the knowledge that there is. Do you understand that God knows everything? Nothing new is created that he is just like, you know, no uh, scientific discovery. Oh, wow, I can't believe that. That's amazing. God knows it. God knew it. He was the author of it. He created it. He already knows it. He is all-knowing. And when we can go through our lives understanding that God knows everything, we have this response, how we live our lives can be different, saying, well, if he knows everything, and I know him, if he knows everything, and I know him, how my life can be so different. Because if he's got the knowledge, and he says, ask for it, 
and you'll receive. I'm thinking about asking God for a few pieces of information. Yeah? Come on, church. How many of you are there? Like, I'd be like, I would like to know a little bit of information for about this situation, the circumstance that I'm in. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here before we get rolling into this. Isaiah 46, verse 9 and 10 says this, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Nothing in this world. You cannot find anything in this world that is like him. You cannot. There is no other God, small g. There is no idol. There is no iPhone. There is nothing that can do what God can do. No artificial intelligence. You know, you say you write this question in there to that chat GPT, whatever it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about yet? You probably all will in in the not-too-distant future. But you write a question in there like this or whatever it is your question is, and some computer, artificial intelligence, writes you like an essay of this thing. Like for those kids who are going to school, God bless you, man, because it feels like all these answers are right there. you got to be creative on your own. That's a whole other thing. But... What I'm saying is there's all these things out there. But listen, church, God is the one who was all-knowing. He is the one who knows everything, not artificial intelligence. Not your iPhone, not your computer, not Google. People can relate with Google. You Google everything, right? What are you going to do? Well, let's Google it. Well, let's Google it. How about we stop for a second and ask God what the answer is? Can we ask God for a minute what the answer is before Before you do that, oh, I don't actually have my phone with me, which is shocking, right? I'm like, where is it? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm missing something, right? You go in your pocket, and you go like this, and you just, so, it's so simple. But I believe God is calling us to a different way, to a different way, not to be like the world, but a different way, to ask him for, he may say, Google it, and I'll show you the answer there. Then do it. Nothing against it, Right? For I am God, there is no other. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, things that are not yet done. He knows everything, everything that's going to happen. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do my pleasure. Psalm 139 says this, O God, you have searched me and known me. I love that. It's like past tense. It's like, He knows you. It's known. You are known by Him. If you have a relationship with Him, you are known by Him. You know my sitting down. You know my rising up. He knows what time you got up this morning. He knows that I wanted to get up at 6 a.m. And I played 12 hours of softball yesterday and was unable to get out of bed. Literally. It's a summer miracle that I'm standing (laughs) after yesterday's games. But he knows the time you get up. He knows the time you go down. He knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the challenges that you have. He knows if there's that fear and anxiety that you're dealing with and battling with the moment you open up your eyes in the morning. He knows that. So invite him into those situations and into those circumstances and say, Jesus, I need you now. Lord, I need you. You know what I need to go do next. Help me, Lord. And he will help you. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted, look at this, with all of my days. Not just yesterday. Not just today. 
He's acquainted with the days that are yet to come. He's already there. God transcends time. We think because we're human, we have this thing of time and the clock and the phones and alarms going off and it's in our car, it's in our house, it's everywhere. The time is always in front of us. God is transcendent of time. He's already in tomorrow. He already knows the challenges you're going to face. He's already working and preparing not just you, but circumstances for you. He's acquainted with all of your ways. For it's not a word on my tongue. That's a little scary. <laughs> he knows all of our words, too. Yeah? Whew. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge, his knowledge, is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain it. Church, you cannot attain it. You can only get it from him. People are trying to get more and more knowledge. If you're called to that, there's certain things. I'm not going to talk about that this morning, but what I'm telling you is that he has all the knowledge. He has all the wisdom. Hebrews 4.13 says, There is no creature hidden from his sight. He knows where you are. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're doing. But all things are naked and open to his eyes of him, who we must give account. And then Psalm 147, I just want to read some scriptures here to build your faith before we get into a couple examples and things I want you to be able to do and walk away with. It says, he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Again, all of these attributes working together. Powerful, infinite, all-knowing, all working together. And the last verse here, 1 John 3.20. For our heart condemns us. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He is all-knowing. Listen to this. It's not on the slide. I'm just going to read it here. He can be everywhere at the same time. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He's aware of every moment of every day. Exactly what we're up against. He knows our way and is always with us. There is no place on earth we can go that he doesn't see and know of. Because God is all-knowing, we can trust. Church, you can trust that he knows everything you're going through today and everything you will be going through tomorrow. And when we meditate on this truth, especially in the light of his other attributes of goodness and love, it makes it easier to trust him with all that we have going on in our lives. From the very serious to the silly and mundane of stubbing our toe. God knows, we can write this down, I think I have this up, God knows what we need, when we need it, and he will help us along the way. What a thing we can, if, we, if you walk away this morning with anything, God knows what we need when we need it. And he will help us along the way. What a great promise to have for our lives. So let me tell you a quick, a little bit about our trip to, my trip to South Dakota. This was a, this was a, uh, a guy's trip into the woods. I think I had mentioned this before we left. I was a little nervous about the trip. Going to be honest, I'm not a mountain person. Okay, they're talking about, <clears throat> I heard about axe throwing, I heard about tents, 
I heard about sleeping bags, and I just, I, to be honest, I was a little apprehensive about going. I was just like, man, I just don't even know if I want to do this. It's in South Dakota. Like, I sort of know where that is on the map. I've never been there. Feels kind of remote, kind of out there. And I just didn't want to go. I was going to miss softball games. I was going to miss my family. Like, do I really want to go on this trip? And I was just a little bit like, I just don't even know. But I knew God wanted me to go. And I had to choose obedience to go. So here's a little bit about this. So we were totally off the grid. And I'll tell you what, it was very difficult at first. No cell service, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Do you know how many times I went for my phone in the first day? You can look at your phone, how many times you open your phone up, it gives you a little tracker. It was like a hundred times. Like no matter what would happen, so I was, all of us, there was 10, I think there was 12 guys in this house. Now I will tell you, when we drove up to the place where we were staying, I was telling some of you guys out in the lobby, it was not a small cabin in the woods with only an outdoor toilet. It was like a beautiful mountain home with gorgeous views. There was air conditioning. So I don't, I don't know which one of you guys were praying for me, but the place where we got to stay, it was fantastic. I had my own bed. There were showers in there. There was good food. Like, so all of my fears, God knows what we need, right? He was like, he knows what we need. Like, and God was just like, look, you're not ready for the challenge of true outdoorsmanship, And he understood I wasn't there yet, and so he blessed me with a very beautiful home in the woods that we got to stay in. But it was like this habit of going from my phone, of constantly looking for it. And to be honest, as the Lord, he knew that I needed some time to disconnect from that. And by the end of the week, I wasn't going for my phone anymore because I couldn't. Then I was a little bit apprehensive about the schedule that they put out, because on day one we were going to be shooting handguns. I'm going to be honest, other than a BB gun, I'd never shot a handgun before, or a rifle for that matter. And I was, I was a little bit nervous, I was a little bit apprehensive about this thing. So I, we get there and we start, you know, they're pulling out all these handguns, the 38 specials, the 45s and 9mm, the 22 cal. They are saying words that I've never heard in my life. I've only heard them on like westerns or on TV. I didn't know what any of that meant. And they're, and they're giving us the safety lesson. I'm like nervous as all get out. And so I, and of course, they choose me to be the first one up. There's like professional handgun people. I don't know what you call them, but they were with me. And I'm the first one up with 12 of my colleagues standing behind me, watching the target and watching me shoot or attempt to. And so I get in my stance and I'm like, okay, God, I can do this. And so I I wasn't sure if I was left-handed or right-handed. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know which eye I was supposed to look out of. I'm going, I'm doing all these different things. And I just start shooting, doo, 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 doo. And I look at the target. I'm telling you, I'm from like here to this screen away. I didn't hit a blessed thing. <laughs> and the guy who was with me was just like, where did, did anybody else see where those, gun, where those shots were going? I was like, oh my gosh. Lord, why? Why am I here? What are you doing to me? And so as we progressed through, you know, through this morning, it felt like it was like hours upon hours of shooting these guns. The Lord really began to minister to me. 
And there were guys who were really good and some guys who were better than me. I was the worst one, and I had to deal with that. But the Lord just encouraged me. He's like, Jason, it's okay. I knew this was going to happen, but I wanted to encourage you, and I wanted to show you, my son, that it's okay that you don't know how or that you're not very good at shooting guns. And we have to realize, like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like I think I need to be really good at everything all the time. Like the moment I touch anything or pick anything up or think of anything or try to attempt anything, like I have to be an expert right away. I never shot a gun in my life. Why would I think I'd be putting bullseyes in the target all the time? And the Lord just really, he knew that I needed to recognize that. And he taught me that lesson because he's all-knowing and he's a good God. And he was like, Jason, I love you. It's okay that you can't hit a target from five feet away. I've not called you to be a sharpshooter. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And to be honest, during the trip, there was, it was challenging because I was around other senior pastors. Every one of them had a bigger church than ours. And I had to, I had to ask the Lord, Lord. Because, you know, you begin to look around at other people. You begin this comparison thing. Well, look at them, or look at them, or look at this church. And they start telling me about this. And I found myself going, you know, you put that little face on. Hey, that's good for you. So happy that your church is a thousand people in the middle of nowhere. There's only like 5,000 people in the whole town, and you have a thousand person church. Yeah, that's great. I'm not jealous at all. I love this. Really fantastic for you. Like, and the, and the Lord just continued to minister to me because He's all knowing and He's good and He knows. He knows the things. Like, I was a little bit, ee, ee, ee. And but by the end of the week, the Lord just showed me like these guys are in the same situation. He has just the where their place or where God has them. It's just a different circumstance, a different situation. But they're all challenged with the same things. They all had the same insecurities that I had. They all had the same challenges and problems that I had. And it didn't matter on the size. And God was like, "This is where I've called you. This is where I want you to be. And I will grow this church in my timing," says the Lord. The Lord says He will add to it daily. And he reminded me of words that he'd given us when we first started, that there'd be subtraction before addition. And I had to, those are tough words to swallow. That I knew that the church had to subtract before it grows, and I'm glad the subtraction is over. And the Lord is going to begin to add. But he knew that. And this trip was all his purpose and all his plans for my life. And then I was around some super smart theologians. How many of you ever get around people who are like way more intellectual than you and you begin to be like, like, could you repeat that sentence again? Because I only understood the and and. <laughs> Words you're using, I don't even understand. Are they like, are those, is that English? Like at one point, maybe they were speaking in tongues because I didn't understand. And, they, and we, were, we were hitting challenges and issues, like big theolo- theological challenges and all this different stuff. I'm just like, oh, and I, begin, I honestly, I started to feel like, oh, man, what am I doing? I need to be, I, I just need to be spending more time in the Bible and I just need to quit my secular job and I just need to go start spending more time in theological books. And then later that day, there was a prophecy over my life that said, you are to be in both spheres, 
both the business world and the church world. And they will operate together. And that is where I called you to be. And that is what I've asked you to do. And you are a bridge between the business world and the church world. And I'll be sending people to you to go back and forth between the two. And I'm like weeping over this prophetic word because I just spent hours being challenged over these theological questions that I thought that maybe I was something was wrong with me. But God knew. And he encouraged me. And he blessed me. And he said, I didn't call you to be a super smart theologian. There's a place for that. I've called people to that. That's not what I've asked you to go do. And he encouraged me through that. And there's a little wonderful blessing, and I'll talk about my trip getting home here in just a second. But there was a time on Friday where I needed to check into my flight. And because there's no cell signal and no cell service... Everyone was struggling to check into their flight. And I woke up and I was like, okay, Lord, this is almost over. It's Friday. I've learned a lot. Thank you. I'm ready to go home. And I tried earlier that day. I walked two miles up a hill to try to get a cell signal because that's where somebody else told me it was. It wasn't there. (laughs) Verizon doesn't operate like that in South Dakota. I can tell you that. He whispered to me. He said, walk down the driveway. Go to the right. Go two houses and stop. It's like, what? That's further downhill. I'm in the middle of the mountains. There's no way. It's like, okay, I'll do it. I was obedient. And I walked down the, down the driveway. It was from here to maybe, you know, to the front door there. I turned right and I went two houses. And I turned on my phone. Ding, 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 ding. The softball team and the 1,000 text messages we send each other over the course of the week, they all started downloading. Ding, 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 ding. I was like, Lord, you know me. Thank you. He knew what I needed, and he knew where it was because he's all-knowing. Who else would have known? Nobody else knew, but God is all-knowing. He knew where the cell service for Verizon was going to be in South Dakota, and it was in that one little spot. Church, and he loved me so much and cared about me so much that he took me to that spot. Come on. Come on. He wants to do that for you in your life as well. He knows the little challenges that you're facing. He knows the big challenges that you're facing. Okay. Now it's time to leave South Dakota. And I'm so happy. (laughs) At some point, I did ride a horse. I don't remember it too much because I was holding on for dear life. And actually, it was a pony. They, they looked at me, and they asked me, how much experience do you have riding horses? And I said, I did it once a long time ago, and they said, okay, son, we're going to give you the pony. Now, all of my pastor friends, they're riding these horses, like, this one's just a little bit smaller than a Clydesdale. This one's, I mean, these are these massive horses, they're giving all these guys, and they bring me out the pony. I'm holding on to this thing for dear life. People, the guys I'm with, they have their cell phones, they're taking pictures as they're riding. I'm like, my, my, I seriously had like pains in my arms because I was so tense from riding this little pony. And it's funny when you see the picture of us, like there's all these huge horses and then there's me. (laughs) I wish I should, maybe I should get it. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm telling you that story. It has nothing to do with this. God knows what you need, 
when you need it. He knew I could only handle the pony and not the Clydesdale. Thank you, Lord. So it's time to leave. And I'm just, I just really want to get back to the family and back to the kids um, and back home. And we get to the airport and everyone's checking in their flights. It's a small airport in South Dakota. And we are at gate five, gate five. There's only six gates. I'm at gate five. Um, and there's only one terminal. That's it. You're looking at it. It's like the size of this room, okay? <clears throat> and so I, we walk to gate five. We're so happy. It's 7.30 in the morning on Saturday. And I look out at the plane. And the engine compartment is open. And there's a guy working on it. And I'm like, what is going on? You're like, don't worry, sir. We just have a few maintenance challenges. This plane will be all back together in no time. I don't know how they, American Airlines, all the airlines, I don't know how they communicate to speak to customers, but very calm, very reassuring, and I believed her. I believed her. And so I sat down in the airport, and we're waiting. There's four of us on this flight, and we're just waiting and sitting there. And we're watching, we're like, this is not happening. <laughs> there are people coming and going and they're staring at this plane. This is really not happening. We're not going to get out of here right now. So then they're like, okay, guys, we're so sorry. We're going to reschedule this for noon. This was 7.30. Now it's only four hours out. We're like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. So we're walking around the airport, which is like this room. So we're just sort of walking in circles, waiting. There's one small restaurant, great hamburgers. Um, anyway. And so we're there and we're watching. And they're like, you know what? It's not going to get fixed by noon. You're like, yeah, you think? Look at it out there. There's parts on the ground. There are parts of the engine on the ground. It is definitely not going to go right now. And so like, you know what? We're, we're going to send you guys home, and we'll come back tomorrow. So now we're all in this frantic mode of like finding other flights. We tried everything to get out of South Dakota. We tried rent-a-cars. We tried other airlines. We can't get out of South Dakota. I'm like stuck here. And so they give us a hotel voucher, so we leave, and we go to the hotel, and we get, they're like, don't worry. Don't worry. The part is coming tomorrow morning, first thing. We're going to get you on that plane. First thing, Sunday morning. I already should have already been home by Saturday night. Now it's Sunday morning. We come walking in the airport. We're super excited. And I come in. The engine cab is still open. Now there's a guy in shorts on underneath the plane. It's like they called him in from somewhere to try to fix this thing. And he's working on it. There are still parts laying on the ground. We're like, what are you talking about? There's no way this plane's going to go. And then the box comes with a part in it. We literally watched this thing happen. This guy has a box. He comes to the engine, puts it down. He opens it up, takes the part out. He looks at it. He looks at the engine. He looks at the part. He looks at the engine again. Puts it back in the box. And he walks away. And there's like 40 of us staring out the window of the gate going, Oh my gosh. They don't have the right part. They ordered the wrong part. And it was like this unbelievable, it was like a, it was like a movie. It was like a surreal experience. I was like, I am stuck in South Dakota. I am stuck in South Dakota. And then my wife texted me, remember you preached on patience last week? 
like, she was like, you may have brought this on. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I did talk about patience last week. And so I just, we were just beginning to pray and we, it was one thing after another and it was, it, we just couldn't get out of there. And actually the words that I was saying is I started speaking, I'm stuck in South Dakota. And you know the power of our words? I was literally keeping myself stuck in South Dakota. I kept saying it over and over. And then they tell us, like, look, I'm sorry. There's no other flight we can get you on. We can't, you, we, you can't even rent a car in South Dakota from this airport. Like, you can do nothing. You will be here until we fix this plane. And so they said, come back tomorrow morning. And so tomorrow, the, now it's Monday. I was supposed to be home Saturday. It's Monday. I'm still in South Dakota. This just happened out a few days ago, okay? It's fresh in my mind. I am fresh upset at American Airlines. But anyway, okay. And so we, find they, I get, we get there, and you know, we peek around the corner. Oh, the engine's put back together. They got the part. They found the guy. The plane is on time. And we take off. And we fly into Charlotte. Another maintenance issue in Charlotte, but whatever. Minor. I got home. And as I got back and I turned on my phone, here's a text message that I got from that guy right back there. Charles Macelli said this, Hey, Pastor, I just wanted to say hi. He said, Also, my brother told me about your plane and the mechanical issues that you were held up in South Dakota. I felt the Holy Spirit say to me that because you were to be on that plane, that everybody was spared that they found the problem before the plane was in the air. And so count it all joy that you were there. Glory to God. Love you, Pastor. And I just, I, it came up and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I'm so worked up in the airport, upset. Like there's, I mean, maybe there were people the Lord wanted me to witness to, but I couldn't get out of my head that I couldn't get out of South Dakota. But this ministered to me. And it told me that God is all-knowing. And God knows. And He sees. And there was a purpose. And there was a reason for me being delayed for 48 hours in South Dakota. And if this was the reason, thank you, God. And I believe that it was part of it. Because we don't text all that much. And you only text when the Lord speaks to you. And the Lord spoke to him and encouraged my heart. So I'm here today. Because the Lord is all-knowing and cares about us. So what is our response to us? I want to finish with this. Uh, Grace, whoever's on keys, if you could come back up. What's our response to God's omniscience? That he knows everything. We have to worship him. When I saw that text message, I said, Lord, you know everything. And I just began to worship him and thanking him. That even when a situation, a circumstance doesn't work out like we hoped or planned, that he is still working in that circumstance. He's still working in that situation. I told you when we opened the service, when I came back, it was Friday, and I just hadn't had music on to worship. And I just put some music on, I, I put a, a new song on, and I just began to weep. Sometimes we just need to worship. Sometimes we just need to worship through the challenge, through the situation, not just on the other side, but even when we're in the situation. 
Even when we feel like it's not fair, this isn't right. Why are all these other people leaving this airport, but I can't get out? We have to worship him in our situations. Second one is we have to trust him and his plans. I was like, why are we still here? Why am I shooting guns? Why am I riding horses? Why do I have no cell phone service? Why am I stuck in South Dakota? I had to trust his plans. In every situation and circumstance that I faced, God had a purpose in it. He knew about it. He knew it from the beginning of time I was going to go through this circumstance. And he was there to encourage me and to help me. And I could trust him and his plan. So if you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, just trust him with it. Just trust him with it. Trust him with it. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know what challenge that you have. But can you trust him with it? Can you give it to him this morning? Say, God, I trust you and your plans. Not my plans, but yours. May we trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. I would encourage you this morning after you worship him in your circumstance and after you trust him, say, Lord, I trust you with it. Just begin to seek Him. Begin to ask Him, Lord, what do I do? What is next? If you are all-knowing, God, if you know everything, if you're omniscient, Lord, then please help me in this situation. Give me the wisdom that I need to navigate what I'm going through. The Bible says, knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. The Bible says God is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek Him. But he doesn't reward you because of your acts. It's because you are growing closer to him when you seek him. And when you grow closer to somebody, you begin to hear their voice. You begin to know their voice. You begin to know them more. And so you are rewarded because you are knowing God more. And he gives you a peace in a circumstance where most people can't have peace because you now know him more. And that is why we diligently seek him. Not for rewards, but to know him more to know him more and when we know him more we hear him more and I want to be someone who hears him more little things go down the road turn right stop at two houses come on he knew it I didn't know it but he led me there then the last one is to watch our words may your words be aligned with God's word May your words be aligned with his plans and his purposes. And I think, I, actually, I think Liz texted me at some point. She's like, I was angry in some of my text messages. I'm stuck in South Dakota. I can't get out. She's like, you're having what you're saying. <laughs> True statement. I had to begin to change the language, the words that I was speaking. I'm not stuck in South Dakota. I could walk out this door right now and start walking to Wyoming, which I think might be the closest next state. I can go somewhere else. I am not stuck. But I am trusting in God and His plans. And I will get home to my family. And I will get home to Erie, Pennsylvania. I am not stuck anywhere because God is with me. And He is leading. And He is guiding.
So just bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Lord. just want to take a moment as we close. With everyone's eyes closed and head bowed, if you have a situation where you just need Him to come into it, where you need God's knowledge, you need His all-knowing, you need to trust Him in the plan and the purpose here, just slip your hand up this morning. My hand's up with you. I just want to pray for us today. Just put your hand up and say, Lord, I'm, that's me. I'm here. I'm committing to worship you, to trust you, to seek you, and to align my words with your word. Father, you see the hands that are raised. You see the circumstances that people are going through. You know it all. You're all-knowing. Lord, I just ask that you would just release the grace and peace and mercy and knowledge for everyone who has their hand up, for everyone sitting in this congregation today, for everyone who's watching or listening online. That you would release to them your grace and your peace. That as they worship you, and as they trust you, and as they seek you, Lord, that you would lead them and guide them with your knowledge, for you know all things. And Lord, we just bless your name. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. We praise your name this morning. We praise your name. We give you all glory. We give you all glory worship him for a minute before we close. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. You are everywhere all the time. You are good. You are faithful. You're merciful. You are just. We thank you, Father. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. And Lord, this morning, as those who had their hands lifted up, we give you those circumstances, Lord. We release them to you. We release them to you. As we raised our hands, as we opened our hands, Lord, we no longer want to hold on to them. But we give them to you. We thank you, Lord, in your precious name we pray. Amen. We have some prayer teams coming up here as we close. Uh, If you guys could come up here now, that would be great. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. That relationship with the all-knowing God can be yours today. Come up and get prayer. If you need prayer for anything else, agreement, prayer for healing, whatever it is, these guys are up here, and they will pray with you. They will agree with you. They will speak life over you. They will speak the Word of God over you. Maybe you just had that circumstance situation you just want to share with someone to be in agreement. Do that this morning before you leave. As we close, let me read this benediction out of Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For of him... And through him, 
and to him are all things, to whom be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. I love you guys. It's so good to be back. We'll see you soon. Have a blessed week.